if you read too much about it, you'll start to get in your head and wonder like, okay, well, this didn't feel like that. And maybe I should do it this way, you know? And Reiki's not really about that. It is it is about really like this, embodying like this feminine energy of like leaning back and trusting and just working with that innate power that is within you and the universe and everything around you. There comes a time on your soul journey where you are called home to your true self. In answering this call, you are part of a powerful collective shift towards deeper understanding and expansion. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are in the stage of growth known as enlightenedhood. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenedhood. I'm here to help you heal and remember the depths of your soul as you step into who you were always meant to be. Spirituality should be as simple as coming home to yourself and tuning into your heart. And on this podcast, I provide you with channeled wisdom and tangible tools to incorporate into your soul exploration. If you're inspired by today's episode, please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and share this episode on Instagram. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls. I have been down and out for the past week or so, and really the past few months have just been a whirlwind of trust falling with the universe and trying to make a lot of big life decisions and really figuring out how I'm supposed to show up in the world. And I think we always overthink how we're supposed to serve. And I know for sure, I definitely have. But last weekend, I discovered that I had this huge emotional block per se in my heart chakra. And I did a releasing ceremony and it really sent me on a huge roller coaster whirlwind this week of just these terrible physical symptoms. And it really was covering up all of this unprocessed grief that I hadn't really looked at over the past few years. And so I've been in full hibernation release mode. And I was talking to my beautiful friend, Christina, and she put the beautiful name to it of grief. And that's exactly what it was. And so I've been over here trying to ride this wave and I think it's this is a beautiful thing to talk about for an episode where we are going to talk about energetic healing in our energetic bodies because I will admit I don't think I was necessarily keeping up with my own energetic hygiene and while I don't have necessarily a channeled message for you for this episode because I have not had the space to go further beyond my own heart in the processing I've been going through this week, I think I can offer something that is just as valuable in saying that it really is such a practice to navigate between this idea that you are an expansive soul and remembering who you truly are and why you truly came here in this lifetime and understanding that you are so much more than this human body and you are so much more than your energy field and you you are the entire universe. And understanding that idea of being so infinite coupled with so much heaviness that can come with the human experience and how do we balance that how do we not fully escape into that that world where we are more than this human experience and kind of fail to even exist in this human experience because I think I was teetering really far to that side where I was kind of going through almost this longing for for this for this knowing that I am so much more. And once I found it and that euphoria and that power that it gave me and this, this knowing of being so connected to the universe as a whole, it's, it's such a, 
it's such a connected and grounding place to be, but it's not reality that we live in. We came here to learn how to balance that that euphoria and that that true feeling of unconditional love that the universe can give us coupled with how do we manage these really heavy human emotions of grief and shame and unworthiness and feeling unloved and how do we combine the two how do we intertwine the two and how do we balance the two and how do we show up in our human lives where we may have real human problems and real tangible things that we need to achieve and how do we show up as that soul version of ourselves but also be a functioning member of society and it's not easy and that is why it's called a practice and I wasn't necessarily giving myself the proper energetic hygiene to to balance and to close myself off and I think I was really draining my energy to the point where I kind of just crashed and burned a little bit there but slowly coming back to life slowly revitalizing myself today I am so excited to talk about Reiki, tuning into your energetic body, tuning into the energy of the universe with my wonderful guest, Mara Letisis of The Uprooted Soul. Mara is an intuitive coach, holy fire Reiki practitioner, and yoga teacher. Her work is currently focused on helping women, especially mothers, create and embody their life vision by slowing down, tuning in, and recognizing their power to choose a fully aligned life. Mara infuses her work with an energy meets spirituality meets science approach and understands human behavior while also recognizing that every one of us has access and ability to experience the beauty of intuition and higher self guidance. So like I said, we are talking about Reiki, why Mara felt so called to become a Reiki practitioner. How do we even tune into our energetic body? What is our energetic body? What is Reiki? Where does it come from? And how can we use it on ourselves? How can we use our intuition to start to tap into the flow of Reiki energy and how it can truly serve you on your spiritual and your self healing journey? And all of that will be coming up right after this. One of the biggest reasons I began to tiptoe out of the spiritual closet was I felt so lonely. I didn't have anyone in my life to discuss these soul level changes that happened when motherhood reawakened me. And that's why I feel so passionate about community and the ways finding soul family can forever change us. If you're looking to find your people and discover spiritual wisdom and guidance, in a safe and private space that is off of social media, we invite you to join our free community, The Garden. It's time to grow with us at garden.enlightenedhood.com or text GARDEN to 31996 for the link sent straight to your phone. Can't wait to see you inside. We can start with your journey because I think that's it, I resonate with it so much because just like you in high school, I kind of had a little taste of what it was like on this uh, spiritual path. And But then it was really motherhood that kind of just ripped me wide open. And I love so yes. much what you said to me when we were speaking before that you felt like you had all these boxes to check to be spiritual and you weren't really interested in what you had this stereotypical idea of what a spiritual person was. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of off-putting to you. So maybe we can start there of like where yeah. your where your journey began and how it kind of led you to be a new version, a new spiritual version of you. Absolutely. Yeah. So like you said, you know, my intro, like my intro to spirituality probably began, you know, when I was a child, like I was this very tuned in, sensitive child. I was the first grandchild, so I feel like I didn't have a lot of kids around me, and I just, you know, kind of felt things on a different level, and I I noticed that about myself as I continued to get older, and I got into yoga, um, and that actually led me, you know, to go on and want to become a yoga teacher, and so I kind of got into this phase of exploring, and I had developed my own yoga practice, started getting into meditation, 
And then it was restorative yoga that really kind of opened things up more because that is more about slowing down and mm. being in stillness. Mm -hmm. And it was that, that was the first time I ever had like intense emotional experiences on my mat, you know, emotions surfacing, crying, like crazy aha moments. Um, it just was this first time I really was realizing I was connecting with something more than just my human body, you know? Um, so, you know, that was, and I kind of, you know, described this, like that's, that's when things really opened, like the floodgates really opened and I started to get into more spiritual practices. So I was introduced, this was like back in 2007, probably. And I started to get into, you know, the movie and the book, the secret and, and just these alternate ideas of thinking, um, and sort of like the yoga philosophies and, and wisdom. Um, I started developing this daily practice, if you're familiar with it, of like the I Ching. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. And so, and then I, you know, I was doing all these things. And, but as I was doing these, like you said, I started to see like, well, you know, am I waiting to like unlock something with some special key? Like, am I going to be able to be this, you know, spiritual person that I'm like envisioning for myself. But I was seeing that, you know, I was this woman living in a big city and I was interested in all these things, but I wasn't really sure how to like take it to the next level and allow it to really come from within and not just from sort of consuming the external. Mm. Um, and so like you mentioned, it was motherhood that, that really, I said my children cracked me wide open. Um, I, when my, so I basically went through this whole experience of building up, building up, kind of collecting, almost like collecting breadcrumbs, you know, mm -hmm. like, okay, all these spiritual tool breadcrumbs that I was um, picking up along the way. And when I got pregnant, I got pregnant with triplets via IVF um, and kind of started to put things a little on pause. And then when they were born, it was just like, that was my lowest point thus far in my life. Um, I suffered with intense postpartum anxiety and OCD and my kids were in the NICU a long time. And it was like that when that phase of my life ended, it was like, I had this awakening. I had this awakening that, oh my gosh, like I, I understand. And I was being called. Like it really felt like one day I just woke up and it, something called out to me. And I went, I was like, I need to, you know, I need to become a Reiki practitioner. It was just like right then. And so, you know, during that time, I went through all these major shifts, as I called them, you know, like existential crises, a <laughs> lot of confusion. Oh my gosh, there were some real low moments, you know, a lot of old panic, anxiety resurfacing. Um, but what I was watching happen was like layer after layer I was detaching from these limiting beliefs I had about who a spiritual woman was and, and what that meant. And rather I was like stepping into that from the inside out, exactly what I was seeking for so long. And I was becoming this like transformed woman and this mother and, um, and my, you know, everyone, I think a lot of mothers relate when they say, you know, your kids know how to push your buttons. Mm. Well, yeah, because they're my greatest spiritual teachers. You know, they are the ones who show me every day how I need to shift and heal, where I need to let go. And and they've also just ignited this other level of being able to understand the beauty of like pure love, pure universal energy. And they are like the extensions beyond me of that. And it's just, it's been so cool. Um, and I never saw any of this coming, you know, like oh I couldn't have written this story, you know, like it just, it just unfolded as it had to. I completely just resonate with that so much as you know, oh my gosh, I got the worst tickle while in my throat while you're explaining all of that. <laughs> it was okay. like part of me was releasing with you going through that. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know if you can relate. Cause you said that you, you never would have saw this coming. And I was actually reflecting on this yesterday where I felt for so long that I was on this verge of this awakening, but I still had this idea that it was going to happen externally and that I was yeah. going to become this, this certain version of myself. 
but what really happened is that it was almost like retrograde, like going inward instead. Yeah. And the growth yes. came from within and almost moving backwards instead of moving up or acquiring all these tools that I thought that I should have. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I mean, I remember there was this particular day I just... I was like, everything is over. Everything is ending. I don't know who I am. Like what is happening? Like everything was crumbling. And this was probably in like May of 2019, like right after mm. I became a Reiki practitioner and, and did the attunement and everything. And it was just like, I, and I had heard that you're going to go through these like dark nights of the soul and go through these phases of like leaving those old beliefs behind and leaving that old energy, like releasing that energy and, and yeah, I mean, it was nothing like I thought, you know, everyone says like, oh yeah, these spiritual transformations you think are going to be all love and light. And yeah, that comes <laughs> but on the way there. It is like, there's a lot of tears and a lot of, um, emptiness. So you know? messy. It's so messy. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It Be is. Before we get into talking about Reiki, you said that you just instantly knew that you needed to be a Reiki practitioner. Had you had any experience with Reiki? Was it just kind of a buzzword that you had heard on the street? What was your relationship with Reiki before that point? You know, it's funny. Before that, it was almost a similar experience where I was receiving acupuncture since about 2006 or seven um, for different ailments related to both fertility and headaches and different things. And I don't even know. It was one day. I it's kind of the same thing. I just woke up one day. I was living in Chicago at the time, and I was like, you know what? I feel like there's more to this story. I'm gonna look into it, and it led me like in a search to Reiki as being a tool to releasing, you know, stuck emotions and helping with different ailments, both mental and physical. And so I found a woman and I just booked a session with her and it was like the most life-changing thing that I've ever done. I mean, it just, it, um, there was a particular, so I went, when I went to her, I had, she asked me, I remember, you know, are, are you dealing with anything in particular right now? And I said, well, yeah, I just had surgery for endometriosis and I'm about to go through IVF and I've got a lot of both physical discomfort and pain and probably just a lot of anger and resentment for why, you know, borrowing my body and why mm -hmm. it isn't able to get pregnant, you know, and there were a lot of other things that I was seeking out, you know, therapy for over the years around relationships and different things. And, um, as she worked on me that day, it was like, I will tell you, there was this moment where, you know, and I, I went in there not knowing what was going to happen. Like I knew nothing. I didn't read about it. I just knew, okay, Reiki's kind of like acupuncture. I'm going to go check it out. And I'm laying there and she's working on me probably right around like the sacral and solar plexus chakras. And I felt like this particular relationship I had going on in my life at the time that was troubled, all these emotions around it shot out of my body like a rocket. Mm. No joke. It wow. just, it was gone. Like all the resentment I had around it, all the pain, it just left my body. And I just bawled my eyes out and I didn't even it was like I had no idea that was going to happen to me and I had these major shifts in how I viewed my body and major mindset shifts after I went to her twice um and then probably like nine months after that along with acupuncture and Chinese medicine I got pregnant with triplets wow um and made and and, and from that point on I was like you know I I vowed to make this part of my life again in the future and then didn't give it much thought, to be honest with you, because then things got kind of crazy. And then it was just like that morning that I described, I just woke up and I was like, Reiki, that's it. <laughs> this is happening. Wow. So, yeah. I feel like so much changes when you tune into your energetic body for the first time. Yes. Because we live so blindly, like we're so disconnected from it and we're taught to be disconnected from it. And when you tune in that first time, you're like, oh, there's this whole other piece to me that I had no idea existed oh, and yeah. it holds a lot of shit. And now there's this whole other layer to me to heal. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it, 
that was what it really did too. Like it, it showed me that and it showed me that I wasn't just this human, like physical body going through my life, you know, but there was this other layer of me that it was basically like, I, I imagined it like this glowing energetic body, like, just like you said, like under my skin almost and then mm-hmm. floating above me and that that contained all of all of this information that I hadn't yet tapped into. And I, it's like, oh, wow, like that's really the experiencer of this life because that's what's breathing life into me and radiating from me. And that's communicating with me at all times. So it was very powerful, you know, to, to experience all of the, you know, all of that during that time. Wow. So for everyone listening who may not know what Reiki is or had a similar understanding of Reiki that you had, that it's kind of like acupuncture, can you give us the SparkNotes version and why is it important for us on our self-healing journey and our soul discovery journey? Absolutely. So Reiki really is, so it originated in Japan. And so when I, when people ask me and I give them sort of like the layman's terms, like a lot of people may know it as energy healing. Mm-hmm. So the word Reiki itself means, Rei means universal life and Ki means energy. So I like to think of it as just the energy that gives all living things life. So mm-hmm. it's flowing through us, around us, in us. And the practice of Reiki is really this channeling of that energy from the universe and all around us in a, I, I love the description of using like pure life-giving love. Like that's mm, really what it is. I love that. In the form of this energy healing, passing from practitioner, so human to another living being. Like you can do Reiki for animals as well. You can do Reiki on plants and your food. Um, and it is something that, you know, we can't see it just like Wi-Fi, <laughs> but it produces an end result. And we, you know, it can be felt um, end to end from practitioner to, to the person or a living being receiving it. And so, you know, everybody like kind of in the description of, of my experience, you know, everybody has this ability though, to connect with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really it's about slowing down enough to become aware. So it's about connecting to how we feel in our bodies what's going on in our minds and what's then stirring in us at a deeper level that we may not always acknowledge or take time to, to hear. Mm. Um, and so as far as why it's important and how, you know, you can begin to connect with that energy, you know, some of my favorite ways are just being in nature, you know, because that is buzzing with Reiki energy. It's all around. You've got trees, plants, animals, water, you know, it's everywhere. And just starting to notice and listen and feel and just listen to those subtleties that you might pass by on, you know, another occasion, like you're taking a walk outside and you are stuck in your head, ruminating on thoughts or, you know, not really being aware of your surroundings versus opening your eyes, opening your ears and really starting to tune in to that flowing around you and the effect that it's having on you. Mm. Um, you know, and Reiki, why someone might seek it out, you know, so the idea is that Reiki energy is kind of like a flowing river. So the goal really in our lives is to have that river flowing freely, you know, but when it's not, it's sort of like an obstruction, like a dam, you know, where that might show up, in in our human bodies as physical ailments, mental ailments, maybe feeling tired or like your thoughts are just spinning, you're depleted, but becoming more self-aware can help us, you know, navigate on where we can work on these obstructions in our life and really start to make that connection between, you know, mind, body, energy, and our surroundings. So I have slowly been learning Reiki. I'm right now on Reiki 2. And I was attuned. And I think for me, and I can imagine for other people, especially when we're learning to trust things that we can't see, and Mm -hmm. we're learning to trust things that are a little intangible, this idea of Ricky having this healing intelligence where it will go in your body and heal what needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. So do you find that there's kind of these myths or these blocks or this misunderstanding that is keeping us from trusting the power of Reiki or even understanding or accessing it? 
Sure, sure. So one way I like to describe it too, you know, that I think can help with some of the misunderstanding is like wherever, like if you imagine you're on a beach and you dig a hole in the sand, like you did multiple holes in the sand at the shoreline, let's say, and before the wave crashes, you see these holes in the sand. And then when the energy of the water crashes over these holes, it's the water rushes in and naturally fills those holes. Mm. And then when the wave retracts, it's like there were never holes there to begin with. And the I sand is that. smooth again. And I, so I live on Lake Michigan here. And so I love, that's like a perfect analogy for me because that's something I observe all the time. And I'm like, that's kind of what Reiki is doing. Like it's this natural flow where it comes in fills the holes within us essentially right you know and then mm -hmm. that like water rises up and it's like you you're balanced again you are yes. you know filled with that energy again and it's a natural process it's like this ebb and flow and you know and then in addition I think people hear the word or they think like oh you have to like maybe chant something or it's some kind of belief <laughs> system you have to buy right. into you know and I think people might get a little um, not turned off, but yeah, maybe they're just not willing to explore it, but you know, Reiki is not in any way a religion. There's nothing you need to believe in for it to work. I mean, you just, it's kind of like, <laughs> I think I've heard something like this before too. Like you don't have to sit there and like believe that your light is going to turn on when you flip the switch, like mm. the energy just does it, it does the job. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. Like it's, it's just, it's just happening around us. It's, it's a natural occurrence of this ebb and flow. Um, it cannot do any harm. Uh, it, it respects free will, you know, like somebody you, we are taught to as, as practitioners that if somebody, you know, you ask someone before you send them Reiki and, um, but, it, and it always respects their free will, but it goes to those places where they need it. Like I'll have people ask, well, how do I know it's going to heal me or, or help me where I need help? And just like that analogy with the waves and the sand, like it's going to go there, like mm. it's going to fill those holes and it's going to rebalance you. So, yeah. um, you know, and nowadays like too, Reiki is used as a complement to um, different healing and practices in hospitals. I know they use it in a lot of palliative care. Um, it's used pre post surgery to aid in healing, um, to reduce anxiety and stress before procedures and in cancer treatments. So it, it, um, you know, it, it's much bigger, I think, than we realize and much more accessible than we realize. It is beautiful that it's being integrated into medicine like that. But I imagine at some points there is some unlearning that kind of has to happen with the way that our Western medicine is set up with mm -hmm. here's your symptom and here is the exact medication to fix this symptom where we're not necessarily treating or nurturing the root cause of it where Reiki is kind of getting down to that root, you know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of time those you know, physical manifestations are the result of some other imbalance that we might not even know is the original, you know, the root mm -hmm. cause. So exactly. Yeah. And again, it, it's that trusting that it's doing what it needs to do to heal you. It's doing what it needs to do to fill that hole. And mm -hmm. so when, whether we receive Reiki or we start to learn how to do Reiki on ourselves, you mentioned that your first time you were crying but what what can those releases look like? What can we expect when those holes are filled in? Oh, yeah. So there, you know, and everyone's experience is going to be different depending on what their life experience has been, what they've been dealing with, or kind of suppressing within themselves. And a lot of times, like you mentioned, too, like we're taught not to show our emotions or to suppress difficult um, scenarios that come up in our life. And that and that's energy that becomes stuck within us. And so Reiki helps to move that out. And we may notice that we experience some kind of emotional release as a result. And generally, it's going to feel quite powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and it will feel like a true release, like a weight lifted off your shoulders, like you physically feel like I remember after that first session I had, I felt physically lighter because I was not carrying the weight of these emotions and, and this energy that I had within me about these certain things. And, um, you know, you may notice that you just in general feel less stress. You feel 
a little more free and more tuned in to yourself rather than kind of like, I, I like to call it like living on the surface versus living at a much deeper level. Like you kind of take it to that deeper level and, and it's like, you can see better, you can hear more, you're more tuned in. It's just like this awakening experience that gives you these subtle, um, oh, I think somebody even described it to me once. It's like when you're getting Reiki, you may experience this like effervescence of energy Ooh. in your body. And then that bubbles up and creates this feeling of just pure love and joy. Ooh. And yeah, isn't that beautiful? Yes. Like effervescence. That's such a great description because that is what it feels like a lot of the time, like when you're having it, you know, done or you're doing it to yourself. And and it's just noticing the subtleties. Like if you do, you know, when you begin to include it, you know, include Reiki and being in tune with that in your life, you may notice that it it does, you know, although it may trigger or, or bring up these feelings that um, maybe were unpleasant in the past, it's, it really is about the release and the inviting in and embracing of that joy that it that comes flooding mm. in and I just love how you describe it as subtleties because I think so much of the time we tend to overthink it and we yeah. think that if we're not having this profound physical reaction that it's not doing anything right right and it's going to be different every time you know depending um on what's going on for you and and you know it's yeah, there are certain times like you might have these thoughts that pop up, like these aha moments as a result of of tuning into that energy or having a Reiki treatment done, you know, and other times it might be more subtle and you might just feel a little more relaxed and, and know though that all the time, like that every time it is working as it needs to and it's always filling the places that, that are depleted, you know? So for everyone listening who is nodding, but really fearful of how do I even tune into my energetic body? What is my energy field? How do I know I'm connecting with it? What advice would you give so we can really start to drop into that layer of our energy and be able to start to be able to bring more awareness to it so we can start noticing where there might be blocks, where there might be things stored, what might need healing so we can develop that sense of being connected to our energetic body. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it can start by just, if this is a completely new experience for someone, I think just starting with that awareness that there is this connection between what you think, what you feel like your emotions and your physical body, and then the energy that's sort of interacting with all of those things. So I think that meditation is a really nice place to begin or even simply just getting out in nature like I described before and just starting to connect with your senses. I think when we really tune into those senses, we start to notice the effects of what is in our external world interacting with our inter internal world. Mm. Did I say in external with our internal? Mm. Um, you know, and then as far as a meditation goes, something really powerful that I'm kind of dabbling into now doing some more like emotional based Reiki work like tapping into stuck emotions um, is tuning into where we feel certain emotions mm. in our body. So when we notice we're going through something and we feel sadness or we feel anxious, you know, thoughts or, or sensations or nervousness, like where do you feel that? Do you feel it in your chest? Do you feel it in your belly? in your throat. And that's an indicator of that emotional energetic connection happening. And that can be also true of, you know, emotions we may associate with being positive, like joy. Where do we feel joy? How do, how does our body feel? Does it feel more open, you know, than when we feel anxious and we might feel like our body is closing in on itself. So this is all your body and that energy communicating with you. So that is a great way to begin bringing that awareness and then taking it to your meditation. So something I like to do as well is when you notice those kind of feelings rise up, you know, practicing sending that feeling of that loving kindness or that joy to those areas that might feel like you're holding on to those heavier emotions like that sadness or grief or anger and sending this loving kindness or joy 
to that area of your body. And that's essentially like sending Reiki to that area, mm. you know? And so trying to tune into that can be doing like a body scan. If, if that's something new to you, you know, just lo- kind of allowing yourself to lay in your bed, even at night and just starting at the top of your head, working your way down to your toes and just checking in and seeing like, okay, does, does something feel more tight or do I feel pain somewhere? Or when I think about this, where do I feel that? And just becoming aware of where those imbalances may be and then not judging them, you know, not Mm -hmm. getting caught Mm -hmm. up in like the, oh my gosh, and what's wrong with me that I'm thinking that or, oh my gosh, you know, but rather just noticing, observing, and then being like, okay, I'm going to take that sensation I feel when I feel joy and love, and I'm going to send that to my belly where I feel that sense, you know, that feeling. So that can be really great. Um, and also doing other body work. I think people, you know, anytime we're moving energy in the body, it's really moving Reiki energy. So doing acupuncture, getting a massage, um, even wearing or visualizing colors associated with different energy centers in the body or chakras. So there are seven of these energy centers in the body. And, and oftentimes when we feel like, Okay, like as an example, like if you are having trouble articulating yourself, maybe you're fearing speaking your truth, that might be an indication that your throat chakra has an imbalance there. And you might feel like that lump in your throat, or you might even suffer ailments related to that area of your body. And so it's, you know, knowing that like, okay, all of this, it's like this highway information and communication happening all the time. And it's just becoming aware slowing down and beginning to get in touch with it and just trusting that whatever you feel is, you know, it's, I think, like you said, sometimes we can second guess like, okay, but is that really what I'm feeling? It's like, whatever you feel and whatever your intuition is telling you right then, like that's, that's true for you. You Mm -hmm. know, like we don't, I think when we get stuck in that like analysis paralysis, then. Ooh, I love that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, okay, like, does this mean that? Does this mean that? But if this is this, you know, it's more of just this observing, observing and noticing that, you know, and this gets a little more spiritual, but noticing like that, you know, we have our bodies and I like to think of it as like, okay, we have human body and I do this meditation a lot myself. And I was taught a similar meditation um, by my coach. Um, And so I, I have my human body and I observe it. And then I shift to being the observer of like, you know, my consciousness, my mind, my human mind, observing my human body. And then finally I shift into like my higher self being the observer, observing the observer. (laughs) And I know that sounds totally like, whoa, but it really is playing with just the different layers of noticing and awareness that we all have. Like all of us can tap into that. Like I'm not a special anything. Like I, I just learned to tap into that gradually, you know, and yeah. And it it just, it's powerful. It really is. I think we, yeah, we overlook awareness so much. Like if we were just aware and listened and then trusted that, and I just love the analysis paralysis because that's (laughs) just so true. And especially when we're just starting off, on this journey just to come full circle and we think we have these boxes to check or that a spiritual person looks like this or a Reiki master looks like this or an energy healer looks like this, but we all have access to it. And the beauty of this human experience is that it's a unique experience and we get Mm -hmm. to create it however we want. And we get to be, we, we have these gifts and we get to use them in a way that's unique to our own physical body and energetic body. Absolutely. Yeah. No small feet, you know, just healing yourself with the energy of the universe. I know. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I, it is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's profound, but it also is like, like you said at the very beginning, I mean, it is accessible to all of us and it's a matter of just, I wish it was something we were taught from a young age, you know, that we can begin to tap into that and that those, those sensations you feel in your body, you know, maybe throughout your life are like communicating with you. And, and when you feel certain things, it's, it, it could be telling you that, you know, mm-hmm. you're depleted here, you may need this and, and that you can sort of take the reins on it and, and yes. be that, that healer for yourself. Um, 
And that's something I look forward to sharing with my kids too, you know, being a mom, like, oh my gosh. I mean, my boys are only five, but you know, they, I, I've kind of taught them different things, like just about tuning into their breath. And, and as soon as they're old and I do Reiki on my kids too, and they love it. I call it mom's magic. (laughs) I was like, I love that. (laughs) Yes. And I do it at bedtime for them a lot. And I'll, I'll ask them like, do you want mom's magic? And sometimes they'll say yes. And sometimes they say no. And I respect that. And, and, um, it's, it's a cool experience because I can feel it with them, even if they don't know what, what it is or what's really going on. They have a positive experience with it because they'll get really calm and still when I'm doing like a hands-on, you know, treatment with them. And I feel the energy just pulsing through my palms and it's just, it's beautiful. Have you read, um, energy codes by Dr. Sue Mortar? I don't think so. I'm reading. That's funny because I'm reading the emotion code. That's oh, the book I, have, I was literally have it right next to me. It's oh in my, my queue. <laughs> I love it. Yes, that's what I'm sort of tapping into next as like this deeper emotion based energy healing. Me too. Um, but no, I haven't read that other one. So she said something that forever, and I knew this, but just the way that she put it has changed the way that I have related to my energetic body. Where she was talking about, she gave the example where. A guy was walking down the street and he stepped off the curb into the street and sprained his ankle. And she Mm -hmm. said that that energy was already in your energetic field before it manifested physically into him twisting his ankle or whatever. And that was Mm. just brain explosion to me. Yes. Because when we practice energetic hygiene and we can really tune in and cultivate that awareness, could these types of things where our body has had its wits end is like, all right, you're not listening. Here you go. Yeah. Like, could we prevent those types of ailments from ourselves? That's beautiful. And that's actually something that's like a beautiful segue into some of the work I'm doing in my, in my business, the uprooted soul that, I'm talking about sort of caretaking of the mother before it gets to that that burnout state or that state of like emotional uh, reaching the wit's end or having like a an explosion of like energy just being like, I can't take it anymore. Mm, I can't yes. do it anymore, you know? And a lot of that is noticing and taking, it's like you picture someone like tilling their little garden, like one of those little Zen gardens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, we have to constantly be like tilling the garden of our own energy all the time. So that when, you know, we prevent those like big breakdowns or ailments or whatever it is, from even happening because you're laying the foundation of taking care and constantly, you know, filling up those depleted areas over time so that you're not getting to that like desert dry depleted state, you know? Yeah. What advice would you give to someone to even start to do that? Because I think what I'm most frustrated with, with the the narrative of self-care for moms Mm -hmm. and just people in general is that Self-care is taking a shower or a bubble bath or, you know, or a face mask. But to actually truly nourish ourselves, we have to go deeper into that energetic aspect of ourselves. Absolutely. You know, and I think that including meditation, even, you know, a lot of people, and this is something I'm going to be talking about um, and working on in an upcoming program of mine and is really like starting to build this awareness practice. I mean, it starts with Mm self-awareness and building like this noticing and also building out a vision for yourself. Because I think a lot of us, like you said, like we think like, okay, that's what society says I should want. And that's what society says self-care is about. But is that really what I need? And starting to just build that awareness and noticing what your body and your you know mind is telling you that you do need and that could be maybe writing out your thoughts talking it out to somebody spending some time in nature you know doing a meditation practice or moving your body you know i think a lot of us overlook that physical movement even dancing with your kids let's say you're moving energy and that's the energy of joy you know when you and that's that positive you know reiki energy flowing through you when you have a great song on and you're getting silly and you're dancing with your kids, you know? So it's, it's thinking about like, what are those ways? Like if you picture this empty glass and that's you and you know, how can you pour water into that until it's overflowing so that you're giving to your kids from this state of energetic overflow, you know, and that can look different for everyone. But I think it's 
it's first really becoming aware and listening to what your body and your mind are telling you and then looking for simple ways and looking for simple ways that you can tap into that feeling of love and joy. Mm. And that can be like smelling your coffee in the morning, you know, just sitting there for five minutes, not even maybe a minute (laughs) and just smelling and watching the steam rise from your cup and feeling the warmth of it in your hands, you know, and then taking time, of course. And then also is taking time out, taking time away for yourself. And that might mean asking for help. That might mean, you know, taking time before you go to bed to really um, tune in a little bit more. Um, you know, I know, and I'm, I'm with it. Like I, I love watching my Netflix too, but like, (laughs) I recognize that that won't necessarily always aid me in the way that doing a meditation might or moving my body might, you know what I mean? So it's just becoming aware of those things that can, you know, fill your cup, can nourish you energetically, um, and, and sort of contribute to, to that, filling of the cup so that you aren't showing up completely depleted for your kids and for yourself because you cannot, I mean, I've learned that definitely like the hard way I cannot, if I don't take care of myself, I mean, it's like a non-negotiable for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and those, and it's paying attention to the signals. Like if I notice I'm becoming agitated or physically worn down, it's like, I need some time for myself. I need to pay attention. I need to tune in, take a nature walk, you know, do some self reiki on myself, meditate, you know. Um, so it's, I think it's personal, but it's just, it's becoming aware is so key. I agree. And that was exactly what I was thinking about earlier. It's just that awareness is just so important. And I think that's the first step of just cultivating self-awareness. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's like we all, and that's what I've been hearing from moms too. It's like, there's a lot of this feeling of stress, of feeling anxious and overwhelmed and depleted, but they want more awareness, more joy and ease. And it's totally achievable. You know, mm-hmm. all of that is achievable and, and it's within reach if we start to tap in and we sort of cultivate that for ourselves, you know, and change the way that we can approach the, the stressful moments and the difficulties in our life. Because when you start to work, it's just, it almost makes like, trying to figure out the best way to say it, but it almost makes like the really tough moments like easier when you've already taken care of yourself first. Yes. It's so true. It's so true because it gives you that foundation. Yeah. That can withstand it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it would crumble otherwise. And I experienced that (laughs) in my in my early days of, of mothering. And I wish, you know, I mean, gosh, I wish had that been a tool at the hospital? Can you even imagine? Like, why was I taught like how to bathe my baby? Like, I'm pretty sure I could figure that out, but I wasn't taught how to like take care of my like emotional needs or like my energy. Oh my gosh. This is what I try to preach from rooftops. (laughs) Yes. Like we need, we need to change the narrative and, and what's going on. And maybe it is changing in some ways, but like, I think about that all the time. Like I took baby classes and, you know, we were like, okay, we didn't really learn anything necessarily that we didn't know or that we couldn't find like in a book or just intuitively know, but like, thank goodness for a good social worker that I had because she was the one who really helped me when I knew it was time for me to see somebody about the postpartum. Um, but other than that, I got, I had no tools. I, it was like Same. you're thrown out there to navigate on your own. And we're like, oh, six weeks are up. Are you ready to go back to normal yeah. yet? <laughs> oh, no way, no way. Not when, not when you're like a completely transformed human. Like just, you're, you're not going back. Like nope. you're, you're being reborn. Yes, and but I think that for many of us, we kind of had to hit that rock bottom to to re be rebirthed, and now yes. we have these tools that we can pass down to the next generation, to people who might just be discovering it for the first time. So as hard as it was, I think we have to continue to cultivate that light and share it. So for anyone who's interested in Reiki and kind of feels that pull like you did, where, where do they start? Do you recommend books going to finding a Reiki master to learn from? What's that logical next step? Sure. 
So I think that, you know, finding a Reiki practitioner to, to work with is, is a beautiful thing to be able to experience that work, you know, channeled from, from someone. I think that's a beautiful experience you can have to, um, to really kind of zone in on, on what it feels like. Um, learning from a Reiki master, if you want to get attuned yourself also, you know, for me, that was a life-changing experience. If that's something that people are really feeling called to, um, I think to keep, to keep it simple is a lot of the things that we talked about, you know, just beginning to tap in on your own. Um, I, uh, there are resources on Reiki.org, um, a lot of things for practitioners, but a lot of, um, information that, you know, the general public can read about um, and start to gain information about what Reiki is and changes and, and things happening like in research around Reiki or practice. And, um, but really it's, to be honest with you, I will say this, like when I, when I went to my Reiki master for my attunement, I didn't read and she advised me too. And I just did, I felt intuitively like I didn't want to, but I didn't read any books about Reiki. Mm. And she said to me, she's like, intention and like intuition are like the most important parts of like your Reiki journey. I love that. She's like, yeah, because she was like, if you read too much about it, you'll start to get in your head and wonder like, okay, well, this didn't feel like that. And maybe I should do it this way, you know, and Reiki is not really about that. It is, it is about really like this embodying like this feminine energy of like leaning back and trusting and just working with that innate power that is within you and the universe and everything around you. I mean, it's, it's, I think, honestly, it's something that you kind of can explore yourself with guidance. If you would like it of someone who is attuned, whether a practitioner or a Reiki master, but otherwise I kind of recommend to people to just play with it because yeah, I mean, I'm definitely the kind of person that that used to want to research things to the nth degree. Same. And Reiki, yeah, and Reiki's just not that. It's just not. I I love so much that you said that because I think with so much information out there, it's so easy to get overwhelmed and lost in the comparison culture and really bringing yeah. it full circle of just that idea of what Reiki should or should not be and I love so much they said just to trust your intuition because I think that's so much what this is all about, but we forget that that's the most important part is to trust what our truth is mm-hmm. and to trust what our intuition is saying, what our body is saying, what our energetic body is saying. And it shouldn't be more complicated than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. That's where totally I dropped my agree. mic, mic drop. Yep. <laughs> it, should, it shouldn't be more complicated than that. End, end of story. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to demystify and go into Reiki with me because I really, I truly believe that energy healing is such an important part to our self-healing journey and just getting to know our own energy because we're just so disconnected from it at times with the world yeah. that we live in right now. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for having me. And um, yeah, it was wonderful to 